So I want to highlight the Durant Family Fulfillment Group. In today's episode, they are an organization that is a nonprofit. It's based in the United States, but the, most of their work is done in Guyana, South America. Big shout out to my mom for being the CEO of that organization. And they help underprivileged people in Guyana. Um, they provide resources and opportunities for equality, equity, and just to make sure that especially the young adults, the youth, and the elderly are getting the resources and access to things that they need. So make sure that you check out the Durant Family Filament group.com, not the, just Durant Family Fulfillment group.com. Make sure you check them out. You can give donations to the cause. You can see the work that they're doing and more things will be added to the website. So big shout out to them. What's up sisters and welcome back to another podcast episode of For My Sisters with Dell. I am so glad to be back. I know it's been a little minute y'all and I'm going to get into that in a little bit before we dive into today's topic, but also before we dive into today's topic, make sure you check out the description box down below if you're watching this on YouTube. Also make sure that you check the show notes if you're listening to this on your favorite streaming platform of choice because all the goodies are down there. If you are a Christian single woman and you're looking for community, you're looking to do things like travel with other Christian single women and, you know, just have like a sisterhood, tap into single and saved in the city. Big things are coming next year, y'all. And actually, I don't want to reveal too much, but just know some changes are going to come, but big things are coming regardless. And so if you are not engaged or not married, you can participate in anything that Single and Saved in the City has. So make sure you visit our website, singleandsavedinthecity.com. Just type your email anywhere on the site and you'll get the newsletter to know like what's coming up, what's going on in our community. Also, if you have a skill set, maybe you have knowledge and expertise in a particular area, whether it's hosting Bible studies, whether it's being an expert on Pinterest or whatever the case may be, anything that you think um, can really aid the women in our community or edify them or just, you know, really bless them and they'll enjoy, then send an email to single and saved in the city at gmail.com because I'm starting to open up the platform, which is something I've wanted to do for a while now, honestly, for other people to get the spotlight. You know, I don't want it to always be me in front of the camera, me always hosting stuff and doing the talking and stuff. Like, for example, Jessie Sannon, who's part of our community, and she's also one of the sponsors here. Hey, girl. Hey, sis. She is doing her Women of the Bible stories for the next three months. Then we're going to assess and see if she still wants to do it. But once per month, she's going to do it on the Single and Save the City platform platforms that gives her a chance to shine that gives her a chance to expand her reach and that gives me the opportunity to create space for other people and that's really my goal so anything that you think again can edify that the woman will enjoy then go ahead and send an email to single and save in the city at gmail.com also make sure that you like this podcast it helps it get out to more people and it's free and easy for you to do and quick and also make sure that you like this episode on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up, share it out with people, tag us on social media, just use the hashtag for my sisters and I'll repost you on Instagram or Facebook or anything like that. And then of course, you know, if there's a particular topic you want me to talk about, then make sure that you email for my sisters podcast at gmail.com because I definitely want to honor that. You know, if you have an interesting topic or anything, I don't mind talking about it. Um, or if you just have a question and you want me to address it. Also, um, if you like to travel, 
like I said, we will be traveling, or maybe I didn't say it, I can't remember, but <laughs> either way, we will be traveling next year with Single and Saved in the City, not not for the getaway. So the getaway, if you had signed up for the wait list, that's pushed back to 2025, just because of timing and everything, um, and still going to be the same location and all that. So I'll put the wait list out at the beginning of 2024, but just keep your eyes and ears peeled for that one. But before we dive into the topic as well, I have a special request of you guys okay sisters we need to rally around our sister kimmy noel she gave me permission to talk about this she has um a rare illness that she's battling with and so i'm gonna summarize the gofundme um information but i'll also link her gofundme down below and i'm just gonna read real quick what it says so you can understand and then if you want to reach out to her or anything i'll put out her Instagram page. You can DM her. I'm sure she won't mind if you're just like, you know, what What are some other ways that she might need help? But Kimberly gave up her career in massage therapy to homeschool her six children. Her husband has been a nurse for 13 years. However, Kim has been diagnosed with a rare disorder called the Nutcracker Syndrome. One week after delivering her seventh child, this syndrome has been causing severe debilitating organ pain that leaves her unable to care for herself, let alone her newborn baby. Her husband, Ryan, has been let go of his job from his job of six years because he had to bring Kim to multiple doctor appointments, which caused him to miss work at times, and his job did not want to work with him. This caused them to lose their transportation, their housing, etc. So Kim now has to use a bedside commode and a walker and wheelchair to keep pain level down. They, her and her husband and family have also had to relocate from Texas to Louisiana to be near family, but now they will have to relocate to Maryland um, in order for her treatment of the Nutcracker Syndrome due to the fact that medical professionals in their area have either no knowledge of this illness or very little knowledge about the disease. So all the monies from the GoFundMe will go towards housing, family vehicle, you know, them getting a family vehicle, traveling and medical expenses. So your money will be used for the right thing. You know, she's a sweet, sweet lady. I met her on YouTube. I want to say like two years ago at this point, but she is so sweet. Um, she's been a blessing to me. I know we haven't always had a chance to communicate in depth, but I know that if you have anything to spare, even if it's five dollars, you know, help them out. I know that she would really, really appreciate it. And her husband will too. You know, I have one child and I know how difficult it is to just keep up with everything with one child, <laughs> you know, let alone seven children. You can't care for your newborn. Those of us who have children, we understand how important that time is, you know, how demanding of our bodies and, and time and energy that that baby needs us, you know? So um, again, check the description box down below, check the show notes. You'll see the GoFundMe link. Just give her anything you have. Nothing is too small and it will be a blessing. And I know her family will greatly appreciate it. Kimmy, we're praying for you. And again, if there's anything that you need, uh, let me know and I'll try to figure out how best I can help and I'll put it out on my platforms as well. Um, and again, check the description box or show notes for her Instagram page and you can reach out to her directly. Just tell her like Rondell sent you um, if you you know, want to just see any other ways that you can assist. So, all right, let's dive into today's topic. That was a lot of intro. That was a lot of stuff going on, but I had to catch up, y'all. I have been so busy. I'm First of all, I'm sorry for not even keeping my promise of releasing new episodes every two weeks. Let's just laugh at the ambition behind that. And I have a bad habit of spreading myself too thin. And that was, I had every intention of doing that when the year started, but you know, this year has been super busy and I can say fourth quarter is definitely looking up. It's a lot of great things happening. I've had the honor of hosting the first um, out of town meetup for single saves in the city. I hosted a DMV meetup on October 7th. 
which I believe was Columbus Day weekend. And we met up at Dave and Buster's and everything like that. So, um, you know, you can check the Instagram page at Single Saved in the City. You'll see the pictures and everything. Or if you're on the newsletter, you would have seen the pictures <laughs> and the clips. But um, I'm actually about to put up a vlog on this YouTube channel for that as well. So you'll see that vlog and see a little bit more behind the scenes, behind that event. But y'all, I'm going to be traveling to different cities next year for meetups. And so that's why I'm telling you to tap in um, the goal so far as to keep going to the DMV, of course, revamp the Atlanta area because Atlanta has been very interesting with hosting meetups. You know, people can be kind of hot and cold down here. So I'm just trying to figure out how to go about it. But DMV showed up and showed out as they should have because I went back home for that one. I was like, don't let me down now. <laughs> don't let me down. You know, let's show them how we do it. So that turned out to be wonderful. I'm looking forward to future ones. I'll be back in the DMV in February, tentatively President's Day weekend. And then Lord willing, I'll be going to Dallas, Texas, or Chicago as well and host the meetups next year. So Lord willing, that's the plan. Tap in, y'all. You don't want to miss out on all the great things happening. But it, it's been a lot. And then, you know, I'm preparing to go to Guyana in December um, for the whole month. So I'm excited about that. I'm going to see my dad. Those of you that don't know, my dad is in Guyana. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to see my aunts, my cousins. Like It's just going to be a blast. If you've never spent Christmas or the holiday season in the Caribbean, it's an experience. Like it's a whole nother ball game. It's not so much focused on the commercialism and all that other stuff. Like it really is about the experience, you know, and the memories and stuff and the food and just the weather and you're on the beach or the seawall in Guyana and you're just having a, a, an experience. Like it's a whole vibe y'all. So I'll be vlogging all of that, but you know, it's been a lot of great things happening. Your girl's dating. I'm not going to reveal too much about that <laughs> right now, but just know if and when the, the time comes, I will definitely let you guys know, but things are looking up and I'm just like, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with what I'm going to talk about today. So I'm going to segue into the friendship breakups, as you can see from the title. But I feel like there are certain things that God is not going to release into your life until certain people are out of your life, whether that's certain family members, friends, lovers, whatever. I really believe that. Like, I know my life has been marked by that. You know, when certain people leave, it's like the floodgates open up <laughs> and God pulls me back into himself. And I think it's something to be said about when God is the center of your life and you don't lose that fervor that you have for him, because sometimes people can just pull you away from him and you can end up becoming something or someone that you're absolutely not, you know? So the company that you keep is very important. Like you really got to <laughs> pay attention to that and pay attention to how your relationship with God is being affected. So, you know, basically I wanted to talk about this topic today because I'm, I know I'm not the only one, but you know, I've been through my fair share of friendship breakups and i I personally feel like a friendship breakup is worse than when you break up with a romantic partner. I don't know. Like, it just hits different. Like, a romantic partner hurts. Trust me, I've had my heart break with that, too. But it's something about when you and that close friend, not a friend that you might have talked to once every three, four months, six months, whatever, but I'm talking like a close friend. Like, this this is someone that you were either best friends with or y'all just were in the same spaces a lot, doing a lot of things together, your lives are intertwined. When that friendship ends, it is so disturbing and heartbreaking. <laughs> you feel like you lost a part of yourself, like for real. And so I just, you know, 
I, I started reflecting on my friendship breakups and things. And I was like, you know what? There are some lessons that I've learned from them that I really want to share with you guys. You know, I've had um, conversations recently with other friends who are go going through the same thing or have gone through the same thing this year, last year, whatever, fairly recently. Um, and we were just talking about, you know, how we can hurt and the lessons they learned, the lessons I learned. And so this is not going to be a spill the tea podcast because that's not what I'm here for. I'm not here to be like, oh, and this and this happened and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's not going to be none of that. Um, and I'm also not here to, you know, if you happen to be in the number of people that I don't talk to anymore, you happen to be one of the friends that I broke up with, quote unquote, I'm not here to shame you and make you feel better. None of that. Honestly, like in the words that Saweetie told Quavo when they broke up, and if you don't know who they are, don't even worry about it. But for those of you who get the reference, for the words of Saweetie, take care. Like, honestly, I hope your life is great. It's There's no ill will over here. We had a good run. It just, we not running together anymore, but it's, it's whatever, you know, <laughs> like it is what it is. Life marches on. And so I just really want to share the lessons that I learned from the friendship breakups, because I think that in every hurtful situation and every heartbreak and every pain that we have, there's a lesson to be learned even when it hurts, even when it still feels weird. Cause sometimes it's not really like heartbreak that you're feeling, but you don't feel like yourself. It's almost like an outer body experience. And you're like, Hmm, I feel weird right now. Like, I don't know what to feel. I don't know if I should be angry, if I should be sad, if I should be disappointed, if I should feel shame, if I should feel guilt, like I, loneliness, like I don't know. And so I pray that what I share, you know, kind of let some light bulbs off in your head, or if you're going through that situation now, just know that you're not alone. Um, like I said, I've been through my fair share and I just really wanted to share these points because God was like really putting it on me. Like, okay, you know, <laughs> this is what you can learn about yourself. This is what you can learn about life in general from these situations. So point number one, when you're dealing with friendship breakups, you want to know, well, friendships, period, because some of these will, will kind of also relate to romantic relationships. So you can use it how you want, because maybe the heartbreak you're dealing with now is more romantic than just platonic friendship. But either way, these are the points. Point number one, know the type of friend you are and the type of friend that you need. That's important. Know the type of friend that you are and the type of friend that you need. I think a lot of times we have this blanket idea that friendship has to dot these certain dot these certain I's and cross these certain T's and check these certain boxes. Otherwise, it's not really a quote unquote friend. But everybody's needs are different. Just like a romantic relationship, there's no one way to skin a cat. Now, as believers, there are certain things that we just stand on as far as biblical truth because God is a, the head of our lives. And so, you know, if you're a confessing Christian, you're a confessing believer of God, then there are certain things that for you, yes, will be non-negotiable. But in the grander scheme, like just in the world in general, like everybody has different needs. Everybody is wired differently. And so I think when we take that mentality and we apply it to our friendships, it can really help you because one, when I know who I am, I'm able to establish the appropriate boundaries, the appropriate standards. I'm able to really uh, recognize when someone could be a good friend to me and when someone might just more so be an assignment or just someone that is a co-laborer, we're supposed to come together or someone that could be a friend, but maybe not so close, you know, like I'm able to know what I need <laughs> because not everything that glitters is gold. Not everything that feels great in the moment is exactly what you need for longevity, you know? And then when 
you can pinpoint, like I said, who you are and the type of friend that you need. Not only can you identify your boundaries better, but you can enforce them more often and more clearly and more directly. Like you don't want people to be overstepping your boundaries and you don't even know that that's a boundary that they're overstepping. Like I was listening to a podcast earlier today. Well, it's not really a podcast, even though he does have a podcast. It's a YouTube channel, but he does a podcast style. Love him, you know, absolutely love him. And he was talking about the Jeannie Mai and uh, Jeezy divorce, you know, which people have been talking about for, I feel like some months now. I don't know. I can't remember when exactly they announced it, but I know it's been a minute. Like <laughs> it's been in the news for a minute, which, you know, I just, I hope that they can amicably come to a conclusion and all that. But he was just talking about an interview that Jeezy did with Nia Long where he and Jeezy was saying that he's been like a quote unquote, and I'm paraphrasing, he, he's been a quote unquote good person 99% of the time, good intentions, whatever. Um, but people always do him wrong. Like it was something to that effect. And so the guy that I was listening to that was like reviewing this interview, he was like, if people are always doing you wrong, it's really a question of your boundaries. Like you're not enforcing your boundaries enough. And I was like, that's deep because it's very easy for us to point the finger and say, oh, they do me wrong. They, they, they do me wrong. I try to be loving. I try to walk in love. I try to do this. I try to do that. And them, 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 them. But it's like, no, like if, if this is a pattern, you're the common denominator. And that's a tough pill to swallow. That is a very tough pill to swallow. And so that's something that God reminded me of during this time when I was really just thinking about my own situation, some recent, some not so recent. And it's like, mm, there's a pattern here. Why is that pattern there? And what can you do to change that? You know. And I know for me, a big issue that I have when it comes to setting boundaries is not putting a marker in the sand as far as like, letting people know, okay, you're taking too much of my time and my energy at this point. Like allowing people to basically come in my life and just over consume, take up more space than they honestly should, because I know I'm not capable of stewarding all that space that they're taking up. So it's like, I'm allowing the door to be wide open. I'm letting them come in and just consume, consume, consume. And because I'm the type that I don't, let people know what I'm suffering with, whether it's minuscule or whether it's large. I'm very independent minded. I like to keep things private to myself. I suffer in silence a lot. So I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling like over consumed. I'm feeling in some cases straight up suffocated, but I don't tell them anything. I'm acting like it's all good. And that's not fair to them because they're showing up in a way that works for them. And they're thinking it's cool. But in all actuality, I'm like, I just feel like it's a little demanding at this point. I feel like it's a little needy at this point. And that's how I'm perceiving it. It's not that it's necessarily what it is, but that's how I'm perce perceiving it because I failed to put in the right boundaries and to communicate those boundaries. So I need to be aware of the type of friend I am. And that took a lot of self-reflection. I'm not the type of friend that honestly can kiki and hee hee and ha ha with someone all day, every day. And the reason why I came to that conclusion is because when I sit and think about my friendship breakups, every friend that I have broken up with in my entire life started off as a friend that we were two peas in a pod, thick as thieves, doing everything together, like white on rice, <laughs> okay? And it was cool. It was cool for a season. I enjoyed it. It's fun. It's like, okay, yeah, I got some. I know if no one else is going to talk to me, I know they're going to talk to me. I know they're going to call me. I know they're going to text me. I know I can hit them up and we can go places and stuff like that. Like, I know that this person and I are going to be thick as thieves. But what ends up happening is, again, that effect, like I said, where it starts to overconsume because now I'm starting to feel like 
whoa, you're taking up a lot of space in my life. And it's interesting because the same guy I was listening to, he broke it down by attachment style. So I had heard people talking about attachment styles for a while. And the other day, I was listening to another podcast and it was two older women on the podcast talking about marriage and dating and what, you know, young single women should look for and how we should be prepping ourselves and all this kind of stuff. And they were putting us on game. Some of it was very difficult to hear. Some of it I straight up disagree with, but either way, one of them is a therapist that she was talking about attachment styles. And she was like, go take your quiz, find out how you attach because it would help bring clarity. So I was like, you know what, let me do it. So I went to attachmentstyles.com and I took it and I have a slightly stronger leaning towards an avoidant attachment style, which can also be like a dismissive attachment style. So those people, like I said, generally tend to be very independent. That's me. <laughs> generally tend to not express what they're feeling when they're feeling it. And they can just carry the weight of the world on their shoulders internally and struggle in silence. But to the outside person, it looks like you don't care. It looks like you're dismissive. It looks like you don't care about their feelings or what's important to them. But in all actuality, they don't understand all that you're dealing with. So the original YouTuber I was watching that was reviewing Jeezy and Neil Long's interview, he he's also an avoidant dismissive attachment style. And so he was giving an example of it. And I was like, yo, that is so mean. He was like, say, and this is to better understand. So maybe you're someone who's more of an anxious attachment style. So you tend to pour more into a relationship. You tend to be more vulnerable and all giving and stuff like that. This can help you understand someone who's like me, who tends to be a little bit more avoidant, tends to come off very nonchalant, kind of like, whatever, like, you know, like you can express a problem and it's like, okay, like life goes on type of deal. It's not that we don't care, but hopefully you're picking up what I'm putting down when I give this example. So the example he gave was like, say someone invites you to a birthday party, right? And in the moment, an avoidant, dismissive attachment style person is going to be like, yeah, that's great. Let's do it. Boom, birthday party is lit, you know, but the birthday party is like two to three weeks away, right? And so within that two to three weeks, after you already told this person, yes, yeah, I'll go to your party, I'll show up with bells and whistles on and all this type of stuff, your life is taking a turn. And so as things change in your life, your mood changes. That's just human um, psyche. That's just how we are as people, you know? And so maybe your money's a little tight as the, the party date is approaching. Maybe you're dealing with stuff on the job that's stressing you out, health issues, family issues, you know, stuff with another friend or whatever, relationship breakup. It could be a myriad of things. And so naturally your mood is fluctuating and all this type of stuff. And so the day of the birthday party comes and now because you've been dealing with all this stuff silently, because you're, again, you're not telling anybody nine times out of 10 as an avoidant dismissive attachment style, now you're like, I don't even feel like going to this party, but you don't want to disappoint the person. So you either end up, you know, finding an easy way out, like, oh, something else came up or I got to do this or that, or, that. or you just, you're honest with them. You're like, I just can't come anymore. Maybe you flat out tell them, I don't feel like coming anymore. But now you beat yourself up because now they're disappointed. They feel like, oh, all this time, I told you two, three weeks ago, you never said it was a problem. You never said blah, blah, blah. So now you're canceling at the last minute. You look like you don't care about my birthday. Like, what kind of friend are you? Whole time, you've been fighting wars, battles, demons for the last two to three weeks. You're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, but you didn't tell anybody. And so now, because they're disappointed and you don't like to disappoint people, now you're beating yourself up. Now you're like, I'm a terrible person. What is wrong with me? 
I don't want to be friends with nobody. I'm a terrible person. Who would want to be friends with me? I need to isolate myself. And as we know, when you isolate, that's when the devil attacks the hardest. You know, we need community. I'm not saying you need to be friends with millions of people, but you need healthy community. And so when he broke it down like that, I was like, oh my gosh, that is so me. Like a lot of times I realized that too, that me as a woman, I carry a lot on a daily basis and I don't tell a lot of people what I'm going through. And some of that is a trauma response. I'll be honest, because I've told people and it backfired or they like use it against you or they try to pull the same stunt somebody else did you know so i just keep things to myself but then it's like you come off nonchalant and not caring to your friend when you really should be caring so yeah no i know that was long that was a long point but know the type of friend you are and the type of friend that you need point number two just because you have a strong chemistry with someone that doesn't mean that you're meant to be friends y'all so this goes back to what i said earlier Maybe that person just meant to be a co-laborer with you. Maybe God's bringing on each other's lives to help each other's ministries, help each other in business. Maybe one is more mature in the faith and they can kind of like be a mentor or like a Paul and Timothy situation, you know, with one person or Elijah and Elisha type situation, you know, maybe um, this person is just meant to be an assignment. Maybe you're meant to literally like come in their life and help with something and then either straight up leave or just create a bigger distance. Like we have to discern when people come in our lives. Cause a lot of times, many of us are walking around here lonely. So I did a podcast episode several months ago. You're going to look on the streaming platform you're on or YouTube, just go back. You'll see it. I can't remember what episode number it is, but I was going over the, um, the surgeon general's annual report about loneliness being the greatest epidemic in, um, yeah, epidemic. I had to think. I was like, it's not a pandemic because <laughs> pandemic is global. But the biggest epidemic in the United States, most of us are suffering from loneliness. And because of that, that's why we have higher anxiety, higher stress, higher, um, you know, depression and things like that, because we're lonely. We're a very isolated society. We were already like that before the pandemic. The pandemic just made it worse. And so because of that loneliness, that's just ever peaking. When you meet someone that you have a little spark with, it could be easy to be like, oh my gosh, finally, like I'm not alone, you know, someone I could cling to. And it's just like, nah, like take that to God because you can be clinging to somebody that in this season you're not supposed to cling to. Sometimes I feel like we're out of season too with these friendships and these relationships. It's kind of like when people say right person, wrong time or something like that. Yeah, right person, wrong time. It's kind of like that. Maybe in this season, y'all were just supposed to be co-laborers or whatever. But maybe two, three years from now, y'all meant to be closer friends, you know? Or maybe you're just meant to be friends for this moment, but not forever. And that's another point that I have. Like, most relationships will not last forever. There's literally a season for everything under the sun. The Bible says that, y'all. And I think that me really digesting that fact and really understanding that, like, yeah, like most of these relationships are not going to last forever. Again, whether that's romantic or platonic, most people you meet in life are not going to make it to the finish line with you. And when you keep that in your mind, I don't want to scare you and make you anxious and have you be like, oh my gosh, like you're going to leave my life too. You know, you don't, you don't want to walk around with that chip on your shoulder, but it would help you better navigate when the friendship breakup happens or the romantic breakup happens, because you're like, you know what? This person was here for a season and whatever season they're there for, they're there to teach you some things. They're there to highlight some things about you to you. You know, every relationship friendship I've had has made me the woman I am today. I've learned more about myself. I've learned more about what I can tolerate, what I will not tolerate, what my quirks are, my pros, my cons, my weaknesses, whatever. And so when you think about it like that, it does help you 
heal and and move past it a little easier. Some things are gonna hurt more than others, but it will remind you like God is in control. Like no one is constant and forever in your life except for God. Period. Like you know. And so when you remember that again, it just makes it easier to navigate. So you're not always thinking about, oh my gosh, this person loved, that person loved, this person loved. No, like even Jacob and Laban in the Bible, in the Old Testament, they got to a point where they're like, we got to split and nothing happened. It was no drama. It was no like, oh, you slept with my wife or this or that. It literally was just like, listen, what God is doing for you is too big to pair with what he's doing for me. Like it's getting to be overcrowded now. It's getting to be suffocating. You know, now it's best that we split ways. You go your way. I go my way. God be with you. And that's it. It's no beef. It's no drama, but it's like, it, we had, we ran our course. <laughs> like I said earlier, we ran our course and now it's time for us to go. Now it's time for us to split. And so it's like, when you split, like they did, you're able to really spread your wings. But when you try to hold on to someone, again, platonic romantic, and it's past that season, you're stifling your own self and you're stifling them because God is like, it's time for you to, to part ways. You carried each other through that valley. You carried each other through that season, up the mountain, whatever. It's time for you to go now. You have other people to tend to. You have other things to do. And you'll be able to tell sometimes when um, it's God, especially if you're really seeking God, because you'll feel it. You'll feel the discomfort. You'll feel the stagnation. Sometimes it comes in the form of you're growing and evolving and you feel like this person's keeping you back. Like I said earlier, that person pulling you away from God, you know, maybe when you first met them, you were on fire, you were fervent, you were like getting it. And you notice as you've been friends with them, you're getting weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker in your walk. And it's those small little foxes, like they say, that pull you away over time. It's that slow fade. So things that used to be hard for you to say yes to, now it's easy for you to say yes. And now you're just completely wallowing in that sin or in that distance from God rather than grieving it and being like, you know what? I got to fix this. This, <laughs> this ain't right. Something ain't right here, you know? And so maybe it's that. Sometimes it comes in the form of discomfort. Like I said, you're like, mm, I just feel like it's time for me to go. Maybe you can't even really put your finger on it. And you're like, nah, like it's, <laughs> it's time for me to go. Sometimes it comes in the, the way of you guys are just different people. You just evolved into different people. And it's like, you know, how can you really walk in unison if y'all are so different? I'm not saying again, that all your friends need to be identical to you, but there needs to be some foundation of unity and walking along the same foundation. Otherwise it's just going to be all over the place. You know, um, as far as your close friends, now acquaintances and, and, you know, distant companions and stuff, that's a different story, but your inner circle, you need to have a solid foundation and you need to have some sense of unison there. So, you know, but keeping in mind that most relationships, majority of them in your life are not going to last forever. That will help you a lot, you know? Um, but yeah, remember too the other point, like I said, just because you have a strong chemistry, that doesn't mean you're meant to be friends. Like tread lightly when you're getting to know people and keep God in the process. The fourth point that I have now, because I think I skipped around, is be wary of people who are overly nice or generous out the gate. Now, I'm not gonna say if someone is really being kind to you, um, or really, I want to say I want to stick to the word nice because I feel like kind is something that will just prove itself over time. But nice is rooted in like a naivete, you know, and it usually comes off a little phony and disingenuous. So if you find that like you meet someone and out the gate, they just willing to do the most for you and stuff like that. I'm not going to say cut that person off, but I will say tread lightly and I will say discern that situation because the fact of the matter is most people are not going to be that nice. <laughs> 
when they just met you. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like they're trying to prove themselves to you or like they're trying to buy your friendship. And I've been in situations like that before where that person literally, when we met, it's whatever. Like, oh, you need this, you need that, da, da, da. Or not even like what I need. It's just like a want. Like maybe, like I remember one person in particular, we were in the mall together. This is back when I was living in the DMV where I'm from. And we were in the mall together preparing for like a New Year's Eve uh, thing. And this person was just shopping, just balling out on me. Like, we're in Sephora. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. Oh, you want it? I got it. Oh, I, that's really nice. I would like to. Okay, I'll buy it. Like, And it's almost like, whoa. Like, <laughs> like it's weird. And it kind of gets you caught off guard because you're like, okay, like, this person is very generous. Like, they're very free-handed. You know, like, maybe they're just really a nice person. But then over time, that person completely flipped. And they became extremely stingy and stuff like that where it mattered. You know? And so that's what I'm saying. Just be weary just tread lightly because again most people are not that generous and that nice out the gate and that giving and stuff you can you'll know like you you might not have seen it yet but when you see it you'll know and those of you who have seen it and experienced it you know what i'm talking about and also i would add discern the hand attached to that help because not everybody that's talking about oh i want to help you and i want to be kind and all that is really doing it out of a genuine sincere place Sometimes people are honestly helping you to feel better about themselves. Like I helped this person. I've helped this. I've helped that. I do this. I do that. Going back to like what Jeezy said, like, oh, I'm so kind and I'm so this and that. But 99% of the 99% of the time people hurt me. Are they hurting you or are you just poor at your boundaries? Like, are you just, you know, like you have to look at in the mirror. And so, you know, discern the hand attached to that help. And then sometimes too, people are treating you like, an assignment in the wrong way. So I've heard people, this is very common, where they're like, oh, I have some things that I'm praying to God about and I want him to move in my favor. So, you know, I, I'm going to make sure I'm generous. I'm going to make sure that I'm tithing more. I'm going to make sure I'm doing this, that, that. As if God is like a genie that you can control. Like God sees your heart. He knows you're doing that to get what you want from him. So you're not being genuine or sincere about that. Like you're better off not doing it. You know, it's kind of like when you take communion and you know you need to reconcile with someone and you need to stop doing that sin that you keep sinning, but you're taking communion. Like you're literally, it's almost like nailing God, nailing Jesus, I mean, to the cross twice. Like, what are you doing? You, you know, like you need to like stuff like that doesn't win you over with God. First of all, there's nothing we can do to win God over. Like his grace, his mercy, the gift of salvation is all undeserving. Secondly, you're not fooling anybody but yourself because God does not work for you, quote unquote, in that sense. Like he's not your lackey. He's not your, your slave. We need him more than he needs us, honestly. You know, and so it's just one of those things where it's like, mm, you know, just be aware because sometimes people are doing it just so they could get something from God. And when they happen to get that thing, that's going to stop or they're doing it to get in your good graces because maybe they like your personality. Maybe you walk in a room and, you know, people just gravitate towards you. Maybe you have resources or access that they want to be privy to, you know, it's a myriad of reasons why people do what they do. But just be careful how you're taking things from people and how you're accepting, you know, their gifts and their quote unquote generosity. Discern everything. Discern every spirit. Not everything that glitters is gold, y'all. Not everything that glitters is gold. The next point, be mindful of how you meet people. So 
this is something that I've really experienced on both extremes. You know, when you meet people on certain seasons of your life, you really need to discern if they will be able to handle you in another season, in another scenario. And so when I was in my 20s and I was making six figures and all that, a lot of people that met me in that season wanted to be around me because of what I had. I had the money. I had the house. I had the cars. I was able to travel whenever I wanted, wherever I wanted. Like I was living a good life at the age of 25, 26, you know, good. <laughs> With a T at the end, your girl was good. And so a lot of people wanted to be around me because of what I had, because of, you know, the fact that I just, you know, I look good. I, it looked good to say like, oh, that's my friend and this and that, that, that. Like people like to be attached to greatness, you know, I get it. But when I decided to move back home to help my mom take care of my dad, because this is when my dad had almost passed away and there was a lot of health issues, like severe health issues. I gave up my, my house. I gave up, you know, I gave up one of the cars and the other one honestly got repossessed. Your girl was going through it. <laughs> Your girl was going through it. All right. And there was just a lot of changes happening. And so that Ritz and Glitz lifestyle went away. 99% of them people were like, oh, I'm out of here. Like people literally stopped answering their phone. Some people um, started just acting real funny. And then once I got pregnant with Christian, that was really the final nail in the coffin at that point. People were like, oh, like I'm good, you know, because also growing up in the DMV, it's a lot of pomp and circumstance. It's the nation's capital. People are, a lot of people are doing great things there, really moving and shaking. And so people want to be able to say, oh, I got this going on. I got that going on. It's kind of like Atlanta in a way, but different industries and stuff and a different type of background behind it. But yeah, like people were just like, oh, nah, like I can't do this. Like you're, you're not who you used to be. And then on the other side of things, when I got pregnant with Christian, like I said, and, you know, I went through the public assistance and the struggle and this and that, some of the struggles I'm still finding my way out of, but I can say God has been good these last few months. God has been good, you know? Um, it's just like some people clung to me in the depths of that despair, like where they're like, oh yeah, like, you know, poor her, single mom, needs all the comfort, needs all the help. And it wasn't always a bad thing. Like I enjoy the comfort. I enjoy the help, you know? But then it's like, when they see things start looking up for me, now it's like, oh, you know, like, I, I don't know if I could relate anymore or jealousy starts to seep in or they feel like I owe them now because it's like, I was there for you for this, da, 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 da so that you owe me this much. Or, you know, it's just a lot. It, people are weird. <laughs> people are weird, y'all. So you just need to make sure in a nutshell, what I'm trying to say is that that person can handle you in your ups and your downs. And again, this goes back to why a lot of people are not going to be in your life forever because a lot of people can't handle your ups and your downs. And uh, I mean, honestly, a lot of that is for divine reasons. God doesn't want you to place your all into somebody. He doesn't want anything to come before him. And honestly, I'm going to go to that point next. No friendship should come before God. So you got to think like, am I prioritizing my time with God? Am I making this friend my everything? Like I, as I get older, I'm understanding the importance of having a variety of friends in different ways. Some that are closer, some that are further away, understanding what season you're in. Maybe you're in the season of acquaintances and not having a bunch of close friends. Maybe you're in the season of building up your inner circle again, whatever it is, but understanding those seasons and understanding what you need. For me personally, I find I do better when I have more like distance in my friendships where I could tap in, tap out. You know, we don't have to talk every day. I don't have to see you all the time. Like I could talk to you like once, twice a week. You know, I might make time once a month to hang with you. Like that's my sweet spot. <laughs> that's my sweet spot. I feel like all of my close friends that I have, 
honestly, in this stage of my life, I've already been set. I don't think that I've met everybody that I'm ever supposed to meet in my life. I feel like in a later season, God would, you know, bring closer friendships in and stuff, especially um, as I serve more and more my church and things like that. But for right now, right here, right now, today, I think that's what it is for me. Like, you know, let me talk to you a couple times throughout the week, see you maybe once, maybe twice a month tops, you know, and just, <laughs> just focusing on purpose and everything else that I got to do motherhood and all this type of stuff, because it's just a bit much. And I feel like we've gotten to a point, which I saw a post about this on Facebook. I want to say the other day where it was like, we have to talk more about how we make relationships. I mean, how we make our friendships almost mirror a marriage, like where you expect all these things from your friend, you expect them to be your everything. You expect them to, you know, notice every accomplishment, celebrate every nook and cranny, you know, be your all in all, like show up every single time, you know, talk to you every day, know how you're feeling, know how to show up, not make these mistakes and this and that, the third. Um, and it's just a lot. One, it, that person said it undermines the institution of marriage, which I agree. And two, like I said, God doesn't want that. God doesn't want you to see someone as your everything. That's idolizing that person. Like, you know, God should be your everything. God should be the first person, the middle, the last. You're all in all, everything for you. Like you need something, you go to him. You have a question about something, you go to him. You're feeling sad, you go to him. He should be your first base. Then after that, it's nothing wrong with having a community around you. But I think we have to kind of monitor how we just, really cling to friends and it could be a lot it could be a lot especially with the different attachment styles of personalities and stuff that's how misunderstandings happen that don't need to happen that's how people start to feel suffocated when they don't need to be feeling suffocated and that's how you know people can really set themselves up for disappointment like you're just walking into disappointment at that point because humans are going to let you down every time you know and so it's like are you looking for this friend to fill voids that only god can fill in your life because if you are you really need to check yourself and you need to repent and you need to like seek god a little bit more because you're placing this person on a pedestal that they should never have been on period like and i'm guilty of that you know where i expect this person my partner a friend whatever to like be this everything and it's like nah like you know they can't be everything. Now, again, some things a partner should be fulfilling if you're a woman of God. You know, some things a friend, um, when you know yourself and you know what you need, should be fulfilling. But you can't expect everything from one person. It's just too much for one person to bear. And people can feel when you're expecting too much. And it becomes very nerve-wracking. And it increases anxiety. I've been in those situations where it's like, I feel like, okay, if I... Especially when it's almost like a tit for tat thing. So like, let's say again, bringing up the birthday example again, let's say that friend gives you a gift for your birthday that costs a hundred dollars. You feel, and, and before your birthday came up, they might've, you know, paid for a couple of dinners, you know, maybe pay to get your hair done or do your hair themselves or whatever. Like, you know, they did some gestures that people will say like, okay, that's, that's kind of a grandish gesture for a friend to do. Now you feel like when their birthday comes up, you got to like match or surpass that because if you don't, then again, you're disappointing them. And then it's kind of like, ah, like I'm not a good friend, you know, and all this type of stuff. And maybe you don't have it to give like that, but 
then it's kind of like, oh, well, you didn't do as much for me or whatever, whatever. And they might bring it up in a, in a joke. But like my parents always told me growing up, pay attention to what people say in jokes. A lot of truth comes out in jokes. Like you're adding a, a laugh at the end of it or a laughing emoji or LOL, but you meant that. Like, you know, you meant that. Like you're just trying to put it in a way that's a little lighter. And of course, when people are angry, pay attention to what they say, because that's from the depths of their soul. You know, <laughs> they're angry and they say something. But um, yeah, it's just, it's a lot. And so people can feel like when the bar is just ever increasing or like when you have these expectations that they can't meet sometimes i just can't meet it so i'm not your girl for that you know i can't do it sis i just can't do it you're looking for me to do something i cannot do and then because of how i said i'm like an avoided attachment style that pushes me away like that makes me like oh gosh like i gotta i gotta get some space here like it's just it's too much so it's like we gotta know like okay one let's stop putting this pressure on these friends Let's stop doing the most when it comes to our friendships and know what you need, know who you are, know what you want. And, you know, if someone is not able to be that for you, that's fine. There's more fish in the sea. There's a friend out there that can be that for you in that season, but that's not me. Like that's don't try to make somebody be something that they're not like, and that goes for dating too. That's a word. That is a word. Stop trying to make these men be something that they're not. Okay. But that's another podcast episode for another day. So the last point, Actually, I think it's two more. Yes, two more. The next point, what does this person value the most? So is this something you're willing or able to deliver on? This goes back to um, just knowing like where they place the most emphasis. Because like the word says, where a man's treasure is, there his heart will follow. Like you'll know what someone values. Money is a great way to, to pay attention to this. What do they spend the most money on? That will tell you what they value. You know, <laughs> what do they talk about the most? What do they focus in on the most? That would tell you what they value. And so for me, for instance, I'm not a very materialistic person. Like even when it comes to gifts and stuff. Now, don't get me wrong now. If you listen to this, don't be like, oh, shoot, I got to get her no gift. Like, no, wait a minute now. Slow down. <laughs> but, you know, still get me something now. Cash app, Venmo, Zelle, help us out, you know. But, <laughs> but seriously, though, like I'm more of a practical gift person. So, for example, one year when I had my first vehicle that I bought, um, I was so proud of myself. I bought it my sophomore year of college, going into junior year, but I had a Toyota Highlander, 2002 Toyota Highlander, bought it with my refund checks from college because your girl had them scholarships on deck. You feel me? Like I was getting paid to go to college after my after my freshman year. They were paying me to, <laughs> to go. But needless to say, bought the car and it was getting to the point where the tires need to be changed. They weren't terrible to where like you can't drive it anymore. They weren't completely bald or anything, but it was like, it's better to do it now than to wait. Cause growing up in the DMV winters were kind of hit or miss. It's like, you might get snow. You might not. You're definitely going to get some frost, a little bit of ice, but you're not necessarily going to always have a snowstorm or a blizzard, but it's like, you want to make sure your tires are good up there, especially, you know? And so my sister surprised me and she went to Sam's club and got me four new tires, like the good tires too, y'all, the good ones. And I was so beside myself. I was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like gifts like that to me go a long way. Like help me out in a, a way that keeps giving, you know, like changing my tires took a major, major burden off my shoulders. And it helped me so much. Even something as small as the other day, like a couple months ago, I came home and my sister had my favorite bath soap and like something else that I needed, like two or three other toiletries on the step waiting for me. And I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, she got me what I needed. Because to me, it says you're paying attention and you're anticipating my needs. And you're like, you know what? She's running low on this bath soap. 
let me go ahead and hook her up, hook her up so she don't have to worry about it. Like that's the type of gifts that I like, you know, or if I've been saying for a while, like something in my house needs to be fixed, you either come and fix it if you're handy like that, or you, you know, hire someone to do it. Like stuff like that means the world to me. Not saying I don't enjoy a nice piece of jewelry or a nice bag or whatever, but I'd rather you invest in me in a way that actually really like sets me up for success, you know, <laughs> like buy my LLC, you know, like do stuff like that. If you're going to take 150 and buy me a purse, give me another LLC from one of these businesses, you know, like that business ideas that I have, like something like that, you know, help me with marketing or something like, you know, that's how I am. And so I'm not very materialistic, but like I said, we all know someone who's very materialistic. Maybe you are that person that's very materialistic, which I mean, if that's you, Hey, whatever, you know, if you like it, I love it. But for me, I can't have close friends like that because I'm going to fail every time. <laughs> I'm going to fail every time because you're going to be like, why did you get me this? Like, I don't want that, you know, and uh, let me not say I'm going to fail every time. I'll listen to what you say. I am a good listener. And I do remember what people say, but it's going to feel like a strain because it's going to be like, ah, like, you know, I got to go out of my way because people that all the people that were my close friends that are materialistic, they had expensive taste, honey. I'm like, hold on now. That's out of my budget. Like you talking about you want what? That's when I do the um, like the gift with. um Homer Simpson, where he's going into the bushes. So that's me. I'm like, I'm vanishing. Like, you know, and not, not right now. Not right now. You know, sis ain't got it like that right now. Like in a couple years, perhaps. But <laughs> but I'm like, you know, it's just a lot. Because then I start to, again, go in my mind. I'm like, oh, I'm a bad friend. I can't get them this gift that they really want. You know, and this and that. And it's just, it's team too much. And so what does this person value the most? And whatever that is, can you deliver on it? And are you willing to deliver on it? Maybe you can and you're like, I ain't buying you no Louis Vuitton purse, friend or not. Like, you know? And at the end of the day, it's your money. Like you work for it. So, you know, and God graced you to work for it. So, hey, just know what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do, period. And don't let anybody make you feel bad for that. Because again, like I said, sorry, y'all, this curl was bothering me. Um, <laughs> like I said, there is no one way to do a friendship. On a side note, every time I have my curls out like this, people be like, oop, she got the true telling, the true telling hairstyle out tonight. Like apparently when the curls are out, Rondell got something to say. <laughs> so let me know if that's the truth. If you're an OG on the channel or the podcast or whatever, let me know if that's the truth. But yeah, so don't make anybody or don't let anybody make you feel bad if you're like, I'm not willing to do that. Like, that's fine. I'd rather us be more honest with ourselves than to lie and be like, oh yeah, I could be this friend for you. And no, you can't. And that's okay. Like, just tell me now so we can spare ourselves the drama later, you know? And the last point is, Loneliness is a trap that the enemy uses against us. So loneliness is honestly, I'm convinced at this point that loneliness is a trick of the enemy. Not saying that we never feel lonely or if you feel lonely, like, you know, the devil's uh, possessing you or something. It's not like that. But I just feel like we focus so much on the negative in our lives. We focus so much on what we don't have, who's not around, what we need and all that. We never focus on who is there. What do we have? How well are things going? Like what is going well, you know? And again, that's just our mind. We tend to err on the side of negativity, but loneliness is a part of that. And when we feel lonely, we will be entertaining people and keeping company with the wrong people for a bad season uh, that's lasting too long or just for a lifetime. Like, you know, you will literally be entertaining and keeping company with the wrong people 
that you have no business talking to. And like I said, that can last for a season, a season that's too long. Any any amount of time is too long when it's not the right person that God ordained for your life. Or it could just be in your life, period. You could get married to the wrong person. You could end up doing business dealings with the wrong person. And now it's a whole, you know, bunch of loops and stuff you got to jump through to separate yourself. Like It's just a lot. And so when you're in those seasons where loneliness is really weighing on you, where you're like, dang, I ain't got no friends. Ain't nobody calling my phone. Ain't nobody trying to date me. Don't nobody want me. Like, you know, I'm lonely. Like, it just seemed too much. Like, really ask yourself a few questions. For one, ask yourself, am I bored? To be honest, sis, sometimes you're just bored. Sometimes you're just bored and you just need to find a hobby. You need to go for a walk. You know, you need to watch a movie. You need to, like, not have an idle mind. It's like they say, like, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. When you are sitting idly and you emphasize too much idleness, it's not a good thing. You know, I'm all here for rest and stuff like that but um, <clears throat> and having some downtime. But like my good sis Molly said, if you don't follow her on YouTube or subscribe to her channel, Molly's Story, and on all social media platforms. But she did this really good YouTube video a couple months ago talking about how we've idolized rest. I can't remember if that was like the full one of the video, but I know that she was talking. No, you know what? I think it was her video about motherhood and like finding the joys of motherhood and stuff. And she was like, we idolize rest in today's society. And that's so true. Rest is necessary. God himself created the universe, the world, everything. And he sat, he took a Sabbath, you know? So I'm not saying don't rest, but we have this idolization and this like fetish with resting. Like, I want to rest. I want to rest. I want to rest. I want to rest. Like, I need to rest. You know, <laughs> it's just like, sometimes too much rest leads to boredom. It really does. Because now you're idle when you could be doing stuff. And that leads me to the next question you need to ask yourself. Am I doing what God called me to do in the season? You're so hyper-focused on resting, but you still got an assignment, sis. God told you to do that thing weeks, months, sometimes years ago. You been said at the beginning of the year, this is my year. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But every time you turn around, you're doing nothing. Like, just to be blunt, and I hate to cover your edges like this, but you're doing nothing. I work very hard. A lot of the people I know work very hard. But the difference between you being obedient and accomplishing certain things and you not accomplishing those things is you being able to put in that extra one to two percent to actually get her done. You know, <laughs> get it done. Stop overemphasizing this resting because honestly, some of y'all resting too much. You don't need to be over resting. Schedule your time. Make sure you have a Sabbath. But it's time for you to work, sis. It's time for you to work, point blank, period. The next thing you need to ask yourself is, am I nurturing my current relationships enough? Sometimes you're feeling lonely because you are just not being a present person in the relationships that you currently have. So going back to the example of me, like I said, in this season of my life, I'm pretty sure and convinced that God wants me to just really hone in on like assignment, motherhood, like my main ministry, my first priorities and stuff like that. But I also can't fully neglect my friendships. I can acknowledge like, okay, in this season, I can communicate this with them too. In this season, I'm not in the place to be where I can really just like be on the phone with you, Kiki, and all day, every day, or send them voice notes or whatever the case may be. I'm not in the season where I could be pulling up to every dinner outing, every brunch, every this, every that. Like I kind of have to duck off a little bit, but I'll try to still check in. I'll send a text. I'll send a voice note. I'll call. If you live close and you don't mind, I'll drop by. Like, you know, stuff like that. But 
how I used to do friendship at the age of 21 is not how I could do it at almost the age of 35. Like, you know, I'll be 35 at the end of this month as, as of when I'm taping this episode. I can't do it the same way I did it back then. Like <laughs> things are different. I have different priorities, different responsibilities. And honestly, I'm just hungry and thirsty for different things. And I'm in a season where I really am hungry for a purpose. I really am hungry for everything God wants me to do. Like I just want to dive head first into everything that God wants me to do. And it's like, if you're going to take me away from that, it's not that I'm going to cut you off, but there will be a little bit of a distance there because unless you are running that race with me, unless we are both like, boom, we're getting after it, I'm going to have to personally create a little distance. Like That's just what it is for me right now. A year from now, it might be different. You know, two years from now, it might be different. But um, you have to ask yourself that question. Am I nurturing? Am I doing my part within my capacity in this season to nurture the relationships in my life or am i just completely ghost like i ain't returning text messages at all people don't call me six months ago i haven't called them back you know like am i just completely dropping the ball because if that's the case then yeah we do need to be an active participant in our relationships but you can communicate with your relationships your friendships and say and mm, this season i do have to pull back a little bit like i can't be as present but i will still tap in and if you gotta put something on the calendar put something on the calendar i'm fully in my calendar era Everything that I have to do on a day-to-day -day basis that matters is on my phone calendar. Like I'm, I'm that chick now. Like I'm that woman where it's like, okay, speech therapy for Christian. Go here, go there. Call this person. Do that. Like I have, <laughs> I have to put it down because I don't, I forget, and I feel terrible. Like I'm my own worst enemy, y'all. Like I, I beat myself up more than anybody ever could, honestly. So that's something that God is working on me with, and I've improved, but I still gotta be careful with that. But yeah. So anytime you're feeling lonely, ask yourself those questions. Am I bored? You know, do you need to get a hobby? Do you need to like occupy your time? Am I doing what God called me to do in this season? Are you over resting? Are you doing too much on the resting and the quote unquote soft life? And I want to live my soft life too, sis, but there's work to be done. You got to keep your hands on the plow. You know, <laughs> it's like the word says, the harvest is plenty and the laborers are few. Like, Come on now, we need you in the field. There's a harvest. We need, we need you in the field, you know? Even though that sounds terrible. Let me rephrase that. We need you working. We don't need you in the field, but we need, we need you working, you know? So ask yourself that. Am I working? Am I doing what God told me to do? Or am I just more satisfied and more preoccupied with my pleasures and my desires right now? Because when God's calling you to do something, it's not going to be easy. And it's going to take a little bit more out of you. But here's the thing. He's going to be right there with you. And he wants you to lean on him. That's why it's going to feel harder. That's why it's going to be like, oh, my gosh, this is taking so much out of me. Because he wants you to seek him more. Like, God, I need your help. Like, <laughs> I need you to come in. I need you to do this. I need you to do that, you know. So those are my points for what I've learned about myself and friendship breakups. Again, I'll just run through them again. Know the type of friend you are and the type of friend that you need. Just because you have a strong chemistry with someone that doesn't mean you're meant to be friends or close friends. Be wary of people who are overly nice or generous out the gate, like you just met them 10 minutes ago and they're doing the most. Be wary. I mean, sorry, most relationships will not last forever. There's a season for everything under the sun. Be mindful of how you meet people. Are you meeting them in a valley moment or in a mountaintop moment? Can they handle the reverse season? You know, that's going to take prayer and discernment. What does this person value the most? Where does their treasure lie? Where do they tend to meditate on the most? Can you deliver on that? Are you able and willing to deliver on that? Loneliness is a trap that the enemy uses against us because he wants you to get into a snare through a season of loneliness. Pay attention to that, y'all. And ask yourself, am I bored? Am I doing what God called me to do in this season? Am I nurturing my relationships enough? And when you start to feel lonely, 
And last point, no friendship should ever come before God. God is the only one that should ever be your all in all, that you should ever have the highest expectations of because he wants you to do that. He's your father. He wants you to lean on him completely. No other friendship should come in, into your life and you just place your all into them. Like that's not healthy and you need to check yourself if you find that that's happening. So that's it for this episode, y'all. Again, I'm sorry I've been ghost. I'll try to be more consistent. Even when I'm in Guyana, if the Wi-Fi is good enough while I'm there, because I believe this is low-key rainy season, because they only have two seasons there, you know, dry season, rainy season. But um, I'll try, if, if it doesn't mess up the Wi-Fi, I'll try to like take podcast episodes and all that good stuff. But make sure you hit the like button, share, leave a comment down below. What if what has what have friendship breakups taught you? Are you going through a friendship breakup right now? Have you just gone through it? Do you find it to also be more heartbreaking than a romantic relationship? Like, let me know in the comments, y'all. I will see you on the next episode. Make sure you check the description box and the show notes. And most importantly, make sure you check out that GoFundMe for Kimmy Noel. Again, sis, we are praying for you. I love you. Keep me posted. And if there's anything that I could personally do, then let me know because I will do the best that I can personally do. But y'all go support and help her and her family out. So love y'all. I will see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of For My Sisters with Dell Podcast. Don't forget to keep the conversation going and use the hashtag For My Sisters Pod on social media so I can see you and show you some love. If there are any topics you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, be sure to email ForMySistersPodcast at gmail.com. I'll see you on the next episode. Love you. Bye.